did was gutsy. Um, but uh, yeah, who does he think he is? And Trump is one of the most, I'm a civil rights trial lawyer. He's one of the most discriminating, bigoted people I have ever, ever encountered. And I've sued the largest corporations in the world. Would I sit down with him and try to reason? I would try. I don't think reason's going to go very far with that person. Fair enough. <laughs> Angela Eliotto, thank you so much. We're going to wrap up this Great, women's magazine. Uh, but if you stick around, we're going to start the Common Thread Collective coming up next. If you've got some more time, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, you so again, much. you are listening to Women's Magazine on mutinyradio.fm. And remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, inspiration is contagious. Peace. Thank you. And stay tuned. De nuestras fallas de carácter Que si intentamos es fútil e inútil Dejándonos sin armas, sin armas Enfrentando la necesidad de evaluar Enfrentando la necesidad de evolucionar La manera de pensar, de vivir y de amar ¿Qué hacemos? Les pregunto Esa opresión que amara manos y pies Que te hace ciego, mudo y sordo Que ni te das cuenta de tu poder Eres capaz Puedes actuar, no dejes que te intimide, eres capaz, puedes cambiar, sé el control de tu vida. Knowledge you arrange mental plays. Yes.
was your brother. Love like the kind you get from a mother with no significant other. Just family together, tethered to weather, whatever calamity humanity needs to endeavor. Can't even measure the degrees of panic and manage to be pleasure. These are the moments on the planet I treasure. They were planning to be here forever. And help us both transcend with each beat, leaving us feeling better. I tried to tell you this is a real life. It was like we didn't buy, we tried to listen. But it's the ride, we were seeing things with different sides. Crimson sides said that that instant rise within the tribe. I don't know if we'll ever see each other out of eye. We're too busy to drive where our friends reside. Don't let kinship drive, synthesize. We can synchronize our enterprise.
Everything's going to be all right. Thanks, Ubi Doobie Whitaker, for always letting us know every Friday that everything's going to be all right. Welcome to the Common Thread Collective. I'm Global Val, sitting here with Diamond Dave and with Angela Alioto today here at MutinyRadio.fm. Good to be here, everybody. March 9th. So, Angela Alioto, I tell you, I was, uh, we were just talking about the human being. Uh, off air, as they say, as Michael Krasny sometimes said, talking about the human being. Right. And what I remember was that, uh, that for the, it was the first time I ever saw the conch being blown. The conch shell, you know, was there. And you know who blew it? No. To the four directions, as they <laughs> do. But Gary Snyder, who was a beat poet. Right, Gary right. Snyder blew of the course. conch and opened up the, the human being. Okay. Uh, 50, what, 51 years ago, January 10th, 1967. Wow. And I was there. I'd been standing on the... Um, I, I'd been standing the... My my son, who we just heard, Ubi Dooby, that was him playing bass and singing, and was saying, everything's going to be all right. He was, uh, we were on the front porch on Fell Street, and um, uh, the bus came by, and it was the first, it was Ken Casey's bus, it was the first psychedelic kind of bus, and they saw me, and they pulled up, and they said, come along, we're going to the human being. I said, what? And so I hopped in, <laughs> and uh, I hopped in, and we rolled right up there, and... Uh, I, I didn't even know about her, did I? I had my, little, my oldest son, Ubi, who just saw, is now 52 years old, so you can do the, uh, he just turned 52, so you can do the math. Yep. And uh, there we were, and there was Gary Snyder blowing the conch. I'd never seen a conch shell being blown to the four directions. And so Bob Dylan was there? No, I was there. Okay, but wasn't uh, wasn't Bob Dylan at the BN? I never heard that. Oh, okay. I know from Well, Minneapolis. you would know. I know, he was in Minneapolis. He was down in L.A., I, I, by this time, he's afraid. I mean, my, I, if I knew, I probably would have known. But I don't think he was. I think it was generally, it, well, there was a poster, which you can find, a, a human being, a beautiful poster, which was the first psychedelic poster. Uh, you can find it right there on, in the cloud. And uh, that got around. But otherwise, it was pretty much word of mouth. In the cloud. It, it was before, before in the cloud. Anyway, it was pretty much word of mouth. And uh, but it's still, I, when I got there, I said, where the, where the, where the, I said, we're not online, so I mean, we're not on the air. So I could say, I looked around, I said, where the you, fuck? You, we are on the air. We're on the but air, you but can still say that too. Oh, I and see. The FCC is not going to be. It's not going to pull <laughs> We are streaming on the internet. It's free I speech radio. To say without thinking, what the fuck is going on here? I can say that, can't I? I yes, Dave. So we're not on the air in the way I meant on the air. I gotcha. <laughs> we're not anyway, being transmitted in the traditional sense. So we can say those six words if we feel like it. I don't say it often, but I said it then. 
So, so Dave, we were, we were, we're, it's, it's good to be here with, we've got Angela Aliota here. She's running, running for mayor of San Francisco. Her father was mayor back in from what, 66 to, or 68 to 76. Yeah, he was elected in January of 68. So the summer of love was the campaign. Yeah. So, so it's nice to have a a little, uh, hipstery here with uh, and Diamond Dave and came up, came Angela Alioto. Yeah, I, I like to get into it. I get into it. And if, uh, Look Magazine came up, I remember now, came up with an article that claimed... That, that was you, years later. When Look Dave, Magazine said was he was a mafioso? Yeah, 71. That was to stop him from later. being vice president with uh, Mondale. Well, that would have been a great, great, great... That was the way to stop... Not Mondale, excuse me, Humphreys. That's oh, the Humphrey, way they yeah. stopped him. Uh, yeah, they claimed... With of abs- course, we won seven trials. We beat them, and they went bankrupt. Oh, okay. That was the end and of I just magazine. learned the other day, the guy on Fox, Tucker uh-huh. Carlson, is Bing Carlson's son, the guy that wrote the article. Wow. Well, I yeah. just learned that. That was a really weird connection for me. Hmm. I thought, wow. No wonder he says Joe Alioto can't be mentioned in his house. We beat them badly. <laughs> and the article itself, when you read it, I, I remember as if it was yesterday. And, of course, those few years to me is... Uh, was a time when she caught uh, uh, caught Bob Dylan. It was music in the cafe at night and revolution in the air. Yep. And so all that was happening. And here we are. Here we are. Years later. Years hey, Angela, later. You're beautiful. It's so good to Thank see you. Thank you. Thank you. Now I see the other side of Angela Eliotto. <laughs> so now you're, you've thrown your hat in the ring, as they say. Right. And uh, you have. Can you mention? Can you can you find the the seven candidates? I believe there are. Sure. Are the mayor? I'll find. I'll find all of them. Angela Eliotto. Uh, there's, um, there's Mark Leno, yeah. Mark Leno, uh, Jane, Kim, Jane, Kim, of course, London, London Breed, and Amy, Amy Weiss, of course, right? yep. and um, last night we met for the first time Michelle Bravo, and then the Republican is uh, Rich, Richie, or- Rich Richardson, maybe. <laughs> That's a great I should name know for, that. That's I, a great I, name for Republican, Rich. rich yeah. <laughs> well. He could say, I ain't poor, I ri- I'm rich. Right. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, so here's, uh, here's all the hats in the ring. Now, um, uh, Mark Leno has been in Sacramento. People have hardly seen him all of these years. Right. We got uh, Jane Kemp, of course, is on the Board of Supervisors. She ran and lost uh, for Sacramento. I remember saying, when she's on the board, when I was speaking at, uh, that I, on one hand, I voted for you. This is when she's running for senator, right? But she lost, and now she's running. But she's got some connection. She's, she's, uh, she's a member of the board now. So she's, you guys, so she probably, she and uh, are probably some of the candidates who you have to most uh, look out for and wonder. And now we have no member. Let's speak about it again. You can speak about it too. We got one, two, three. We have ranked choice voting. Right. Uh, that's right. And, and I, that's why it's the most unpredictable race that's ever happened in the history of our city. That's right. Yeah, it's an, at it. it's an amazing slate of people. It's a really interesting group of people. Yeah, because I get um, every, I get Mark Leno's second vote. I get Kim's second Asian votes. Um, and I get all of uh, uh, London Bree's second votes. I knew you'd So I, if I, I just get 30% of my first votes, I win. 
Right, because in Ranked Choice, if you're out there listening, Ranked Choice is you get to choose your first, second, and third choice. And if there's a clear winner with a with a simple majority uh, that of uh, first place votes, then that person wins. The lowest number of first place votes is eliminated, but then they jump over to the second vote on those ballots, and it kind of rings up like a you know like a it's an instant runoff essentially. It's pretty until, complicated. Until, it really is complicated. complicated. But that's how Quan won um, over Parada. In Oakland, they Parada was right. the absolute winner in all the polls and everything else, and and she came in because everybody voted for her for the second position. And I was looking, I was looking as I'm walking over here, right over here. I, of course, I was thinking about that, and I wanted to say, Angela, the way I can see it. I think your chance is excellent. It is excellent, Dave. I know you've looked at it a few times. It's not too. only excellent, I am going to be the next mayor. I don't well, have one, any two, doubt three. about it. Look how beautiful she is. I'm telling you, I, I don't have any before. doubt. Yeah, I looked at it, scratching my head. I said, wait a minute. Right. I might well be the next mayor of San Francisco. That's right. Thanks to Rank Cho's voting. Am That's I right. Because right. they'll. Uh, they'll uh, thanks to whatever way you look at it. It's just hey, not but, predictable. It's not predictable. But you're putting out there, and I see you're putting out your... Oh, I go to all of these panels, all the debates, and the wonderful thing is about 500 people show up to these panels and debates, and there have been about 20 of them. We have 38 more, which is and, and, and every day new ones added. So we're really talking to thousands and thousands of San Franciscans. Which is great. I've, I've been to a few of them, and it's good to see the civic engagement, it's the level incredible. of it. People really are worried. They're worried about their safety. They're worried about the dirty streets. They're worried about homeless people sleeping on the streets in tents. People are really upset with what's going on. And quite frankly, if you're part of what's going on, which two of my opponents are, then you shouldn't be voted in because more of this will continue. I mean, isn't that... Isn't that obvious? <laughs> I see it. And remember, too, in these times when San Francisco is so expensive and people are holding on, barely holding in line, we can make it go and say, well, the best things in life are free. I'm going to go to the, uh, I'm gonna go to the mayor's thing and, and interact with my fellow human beings and see what they have to say. You know the best things in life are, are free. By going to the mayor, going to the mayor's, uh, the mayor's meeting where you see all the candidates and see them interact with one another. Now Amy Weiss, who sat in this chair last week, Amy Weiss is doing just an amazing amount of research, doesn't she? She is very, very code um, oriented. Absolutely. I because I remember when I first when she first ran the last time, and she was just beginning, and she had been here. And, I, and she invited me to her opening at her place, her place up there by USF, where she was announcing it. So, of course, I went. Uh, blessing and life of free, food for the body, mind, and spirit. And I went. I did, she had me do some poetry, because that's what I do from here. And I, met, and I could see how she was just beginning there. But since then, she's done all this research, uh, you know, and we talk about one, two, three. One, two, three, Angela Vermeer. One, two, three. Right. And she's got, I said, was saying to her here, you remember? Well, Amy Weiss, you've got, you've encountered all of this information. When, when you're with, with, with all the other candidates, you should be there to talk to them. Let them know you're here. You know, let them know you're there. Give them, say, and they'll get some idea of how much you know. And when it comes to start appointing people to commissions and so on, you'd be a perfect person. It may not be the next mayor, but I could see her playing a real, real role when they think, of, who am I going to point to this, who am I going to point to that? You know, you have that. I think you're right. 
And Amy Weiss would be a good person to do it. I think you're right. I told her that. Yeah. And I'm talking to you, but you're probably going to, it looks like you're going to be the next mayor. And so here we are. Well, I, I think that maybe the connection there is that is that um, the foundation of this as a city of St. Francis. Um, she's she has the the St. Francis homelessness challenge that she, she's been be working goes. on the past couple of years. Know, but, but you have a deep yeah, connection to yeah, all of that yeah, as well. Yeah, my whole life. Yeah, St. Francis has been my best friend my whole life. So I, when I first met with Amy, I said, Amy, stop telling me we need to move homeless people off the street because I am a Franciscan scholar. I'm a Franciscan street scholar. And let me tell you what Francis would do. He would move right in with the people living on the street. He married Lady Poverty, right? He's not into moving people off the street. He's into them understanding and loving God. And the greatest followers And he's of into them believing that poverty is the key to God. And the greatest followers of St. Francis in my mind, is of course the Catholic Worker Movement. That's right. Well, that's Dorothy Day. Dorothy Day and Amen Hennessy. Dorothy Day, and we were putting. You know that my friend Sal Roselli, the head of uh, the healthcare workers, he she, Sal Roselli and Lawrence Ferlinghetti had, were roommates with Dorothy Day in New York. I think that's so cool because Dorothy Day is about to be a saint. She's uh, incredible. Right. She's right. incredible. We were gonna Lawrence Ferlinghetti and I are doing this Piazza Saint uh, Piazza Saint Francis, so, the poets so, talk about that. for the that's poets, right? I've been working on this for ten years. The ridiculous obstacles in city government. I mean, this is yet one more reason why I decided to run. Working ten years, Lawrence Ferlinghetti had all of the poets' names that were going to be all um, the, uh, their poetry quote was going to be in. Brass inlaid in the white and green marble. Then we're having a circle of peace with Dorothy Day, Mother Teresa, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King. You know, uh, Lawrence had a couple of other people. Um, and it's just absolutely going to be gorgeous. And MTA stopped it because they said seven cars go through the street. And that's in front of the church. And that's in front of St. Where I built the little chapel of St. Francis. In the church between the, between the church and the cafe. Uh, right, right. Cafe Trieste. Cafe Trieste. Where the, where those that are left on my, that haven't left North Beach still hang out. Right. And that would be so beautiful. I know. People know. I know. I uh, know. That's uh, that. This is part and parcel. I know you have a wide kind of platform, a platform to stand on, a platform to stand and dance on, a platform that includes all the stuff that you thought of, uh, that you thought and been involved with from then until now. Is that it's right? so true, including everything I've lived through with my. We were just talking earlier about my father's administration with the zebra, the zodiac, oh, uh, SingQ, SLA, Patty Hearst, the San Quentin Seven. I mean, it goes on and on and on what we lived through, um, and the terrorism. Of of those days, um, my colleagues just simply can't relate to that at all. First of all, um, most of them are not from San Francisco at all. So um, they're new to the city. And well, new to the city, seven, I think Mark says 17 years or something like that. At any rate, the bottom line is that history's forgotten. And I, as a born and raised San Franciscan who lived through it, I find it so hard to believe people don't know about that. Oh, I have to tell you one thing, Dave, you'll enjoy this. Of course. So I turned to London Bree. And I yeah. said to her, she's one of the people running for mayor. I said to her, so London, you know, Valencia Gardens, um, which was public housing, used to have mini Bufanos in the garden. And um, what, did, what did they do? Wait, I said, what did they do with the Bufanos? And she looked at me and she said, Who's, what apartment do they live in? Who's Betty Bufano? Well, no, what apartment do the Bufanos uh, live uh -huh. in? 
I said, no, they're statues yeah, done by up. Benjamino Bufano. Wow. Uh, she didn't know who Benny Bufano was. And I thought, wow, I'm really, I guess I'm aging myself. I don't know. What? But Bufano's part of San Francisco's I, history. He did the St. Francis that was made out of the guns from the turn-in of the Saturday night, um, uh, Saturday, what do they call those, the Saturday Delight? Um, the guns. Saturday specials. Yeah, right. Saturday night specials. Yeah. Sa- right. Saturday night specials. Right, Dave. What a great memory you have. I have a photograph of memory great in some memory. areas. I just forget which areas. Go ahead. <laughs> but Benny so they turned, Remember, Benny, Dad had the gun turn in at the police stations, no questions asked. And then Benny took all the guns, he melted them down, and he created the St. Francis statue that's in front of City College now. Well, I, and I was just walking by there today and telling the story. Yeah, isn't it cool? In 1957, I'm in Say Lights, I'm in Say Lights Bookstore, 1957. <laughs> and Fern Getty's behind the desk. And he says, Dave, Dave, because I knew I was hungry. Dave, I want you to meet somebody. I said, he said, this is Benny Bufano. And I looked at him, he's about this tall. Yeah, yeah, I like like uh, Toulouse-Lautrec. Yeah, he's about this Real tall. Short. Benny Bufano. I looked, and, there, and I had been told this story in fact, Henry Miller. Tells a story in this amazing chapter about Benny Bufano that Miller wrote up. And told how in World War I, Benny Bufano was so much against the war that he chopped off his trigger finger and sent it to the then president, uh, Wilson. Right. right. And, uh, and right. I, I remember this story, and Henry Miller tells the story. So I say, well, this is Benny Bufano. And I shake his hand. And sure enough, that finger is missing. Oh, yeah. And I said, wow. He did a St. Francis without the finger. I know. I know. He's got many things. Benny Bufano's statues all over Chinatown, in many places. Benny Bufano. Let's mention him. It's one of the great. Uh, let's mention. This is the kind of conversation we have on the show. We, the name of the show is Cast a Wide. Is the Common Thread Collective. What do we do? Eva? We cast a wide net and we find the common thread. Right. And just and who knows where the conversation will go. Right. Benny Bufano. Benny Bufano. You love it, right? I do. I do Benny's too. Right there in my eye. <laughs> and and they're in the same room with me. 1957 with Lawrence Filling and Benny Bufano. Well, so let me tell you, he came to my wedding in 1968. I was 18 years old oh at goodness. the Young Museum. So Benny comes in and he's got this woman with him that was a lady of the streets. Uh, and my mother had a fit. Oh, no. But Benny bought with him a big. I have it in my living room at home. I kind of hide it, actually. Uh-huh. It's not really in my living room anymore. I had a fake one made so I could save the. the Never seen the, the real Angela Alley. It's a topless. A red Madonna that Benny gave me as a wedding present. Wow. Uh, and I said to my mother, leave him alone. Will you please? He's this fine. In fact, <laughs> uh, look, we are right Look, uh, Google Benny Bufano, Henry Miller. Let's read the first tab, the first paragraph of this. This is, let's see, Henry Miller's uh, Air Conditioned Nightmare, I think. So he has a, um, a St. Francis and a St. Clair that's four stories high in a storehouse in Rome, in Rome suburbs. Wow. And I'm trying to get it for Lawrence's and a mine, Piazza, St. Francis the Poets Plaza. Wow, you had yeah. it here on Whitney Common Thread. Yeah, Common Thread. Wow. It's three feet, it's three stories high. Well, that would be amazing. Wow. Wouldn't it be cool? See, this uh, let the conversation flow. Yeah. Lawrence <laughs> Ferragetti, Betty Bufano, uh, Angela Aliono. It's too cool. Because what you're saying, you were talking about your homeless plan, you were talking about your building plans. Right. But you also, well, we also want to speak of your cultural plans, how we can, in the face uh, of all of this, increase. how we can increase and rebuild and make it happen Absolutely. Again. 
what, what we've done to artists is stunning. Let's stunning. Do it. Taking away the money from the artists. Do you know when I was a president of the board of supervisors, they tried to stop the poetry readings and made them get a permit? And I stepped in. Lawrence came and Michael. Remember, uh, remember Michael McClellan? Mike right, right. Michael he came McClure. to my office and we marched down. And, and the other guy, um, Neely. Neely Chikowski. Neely Chikowski, right. And he came, we came, we, we barged into the permit people and we just had a fit and I negated their entire law, the permit. Wow. <laughs> well, remember. Thanks for supporting us, poets. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Are you kidding? And you remember Pope, the time. Well, I am a uh, Dante. Since I was 15 years old, uh, I've been in love with Dante Alighieri's poetry. He was a third order Franciscan. Um, and, uh, and the, you know, the, the Divine Comedy is an unbelievable work of art. Unbelievable. Then you, remember, you must remember when we had in the city, there's still a little bit about it in that, uh, I think it was still a gallery, but the Neighborhood Arts. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The Neighborhood yes. Arts. Yes, yes, yes. Out of which came the cultural centers. The, uh, the South American Cultural Center, and I want to mention now the uh, the uh, Mission Cultural Center the Mission for, the, Cultu- for the Latino What about Ozawa? Art. All of that came out of there. Ruth Ozawa. My right. dad had contest after the, contest. She was a great sculptor. Artist. And I was. She came and did all the fountains. Well, I know a story about your dad. Uh oh, you're gonna dance. There it goes. Oh. Dave's dancing. <laughs> Dave's up. Can I, I take your mic the, with I you? Was the diggers. <laughs> the diggers. We were the ones who fed everybody up there in the Panhandle. We're the ones I was just, uh, with the death of the hippie, we had so much. We were the ones feeding people during that summer, the summer of love. Well, with the death of the hippie, re reemerged as the uh, free city movement. That's it. For the death of, not city college, but the free city movement. Your dad was mayor. And so we started doing an open mic poetry on the steps of City Hall, right there. In the thing. And I was working, I was working as a community organizer then, but I'd come down and do it. And we came down, and it was an open mic poetry right on the steps of City Hall, on the balustrade. Is that what you call it? Yes. The balustrade. And uh, the cops came and, and started dragging people out because we were dressed the way we were, dragging people away. Somebody had, had, uh, had complained in City Hall, you can't have poetry during lunchtime. No, no, no. Started dragging people away. And your dad came down from the mayor's office, and he read his favorite poem. Right. I think it was Robert Browning. <laughs> Robert was, Browning. Was it? it was some real, one of the real classic poets. Robert Browning. He made us go to Oslo. You know where Oslo is above Venice? We had to go to Yazolo one summer. I'll never forget it because it was like 110 degrees. We had to go see Robert Browning's home. Well, and it. then, of course, Elizabeth Barrett Browning, his go. wife, is in Florence. And her famous, right. you know, open my heart and you will see inscribed upon it, Italy. <laughs> well, you're getting my vote every minute, uh, Angela. I wasn't too sure. I love the uh, poets. I love Charles Charles Lamb. Nobody ever knows Charles oh, Lamb. Charles Lamb. He's way back then too. I was in love with Charles Lamb when I was in, in high school. Wow, he's before Browning, wasn't he? I know. He? Yeah, he's before Browning. Browning's kind of modern. And of course, to John of the Lamb. Cross was a wow. mystical. Uh, you know, the night of. Uh, Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on it. Well, that's all right. We're doing amazing. You're doing what, what amazing. Do you know, uh, John of the Cross, the, the. Oh my gosh, I know it like I know my name. The, I'm having trouble. Uh, <laughs> well, what do you think? I'm 80 years old, so it just appears in my mind like that. But it comes back. Night of so, the. So, so, so John oh, of the Cross. Well, at any rate, what unbelievable poetry. Mystical. Mystical. Yeah, well, that was. That was uh, dark I'm, Night of the Soul. That, that's the a dark, dark Night of the Soul. Okay. Of the soul. 
Hey, did you find that Miller? Henry, Miller? Dylan he, Thomas, too. Uh, oh, do not go gentle. Do not go gentle that Into good that night. night. But rage, <laughs> that rage night. against rage. the dying of the light. Shoot, Angela, I had no idea our conversation would go. Well, of course. See, like, the way we do around here. My favorite. Of course. I love it. Well, I can look, look. I wish we had a picture of you because I look. You're glowing like a light. Well, because like I love light. this stuff and nobody Not ever just, knows it. Yeah, I gotta hang out with Dave. You gotta hang out with Dave. Welcome to it. You got my <laughs> I love it. I have this kind of fun with Lawrence Ferlinghetti too, but he's a little more serious. He's uh, oh, you know, what? he's 98. 98. And he I'm just 80. He, yeah, he's 98. Can you believe it, Dave? I 98. He's hanging on until we get that piazza done. Wow, well, count me in with the piazza. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have poetry readings. And you know, my dad, when my dad left office, he read poetry all the time down at the Irish place on Green Street. Remember that? Was it O'Neill's? O'Neill, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Patty yeah. O'Neill's. So he wrote uh, his Ode to San Francisco. It's 48 pages. Wow, your dad and wrote Sonic, it. Yeah, and Sonic, yeah. See, uh, this is a side of uh, of uh, I know. Uh, we would have known. And then... And we can have... When, when Angela's the mayor, we can have her come down and we read can a do poem. We in City Hall. How well, fun well, would that be? Well, we, we've been doing the... We have uh, Poems Under the Dome in City Hall oh, every great. April. Wonderful. So uh, yeah, there's a big... That was my. I was standing in Elmo. I love it. I was standing in Elmo Square, looking down, and the light, and they just get gilded the, the, the dome, and I'm looking at it. It was about eight in the morning, nine in the morning, and so I'm looking down, and it came to my mind. What a great place to do an open mic. Look at the city hall. Right. And well, it could be the mother of all open mics. So I rushed in and I ran down the, down the hill. Well, luckily, by this time, I had answered. I could run into Peskin's office. He was. Uh, I think he was the head of the board then. Peskin. Peskin. I have this idea. And, I, and it would be the mother of all open mics who called Poems Under the Dome. And he said, do it. You got my support. And in fact, the first one, he came down and read the first poem. In fact, you, and then, uh, there it is. Oh, beautiful. I love it. I love it. Poems Wonderful. Yeah, we, we always invite the supervisors. Well, invite me. I have to be oh, yeah. there. Come and read your favorite poem. Absolutely. Uh, you will be. You can you open are, it up. Absolutely. Canticle of the Creatures. St. Francis. Because we're the three ones. That, that's uh, Val and uh, and uh, E.K., I don't know if E.K., both poets, they took it up. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been the first. I don't know if there'd be more. But we're not, not about to have our 13th annual. We should be married by you then. guys. Congratulations. And what's that's the date? Cool. April? It's going to be Thursday, April 19th. It is uh, from 5.30 to 8 p.m. It'll happen inside City Hall in the North Light Court. And um, we always have a good, we always have a really good turnout. Yeah, a couple hundred people show up. Mic. We start out with the, um, there's the, 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 the youth. youth voice um, that always come and, and blow everybody out of the water. Um, and when we have a poet laureate, um, which we do now, um, we always invite the poet laureate to read the first poem. And, and then, we, then we start drawing names from, from the big green hat. Um, and also we'll be going around in March and April to various open mics, uh, poetry open mics uh, around the city to start pre-drawing some names for that night so that there could be different representatives from various readings around San Francisco. Well, can we talk to E.K.? Maybe, maybe Ms. Eliotto, Ms. Eliotto could Angela, read Angela, I'd love An- to come read a poem. Please, no, we, I, we would love to invite you. I've got, I've got hour on the hour meetings that start in 20 minutes. I've got to go home and change. Understood. So I love okay. you guys well, you look very right much. This way. has been more fun than anything I've done in this whole mayor's race. Well, that's what they all say. Well, you know, it's your personality, Dave. It's just great. And plus, reminiscing with somebody that has a memory like yours is very, very cool. Yeah, I say I've got a memory. i got a, I, I have a... 
Uh, what, what did I say about having a photographic memory? Oh, I have a photographic memory in some areas. I just forget which areas. I can't remember what you said <laughs> yeah. about which areas. It comes back and forth. I understand. Thank you, Angela Alioto, for being our guest here on uh, Common Thread Collective and also on Women's Magazine today. So we had a more in-depth, uh, you know, kind of policy conversation during Women's Magazine. So you can uh, check out that podcast. It is March 9th, 2018. And and uh, this has been a lot of fun. Such a pleasure and an honor to have you down here, Angela Alioto. And we, all right, you're welcome anytime. And we'd love to have you read a poem at Poems Under the Dome. Feel the
magic musical machine from a drum, a stick and strings. I couldn't know as I would play. I'd live to meet the man one day. Playing songs that shaped my life and taught the world to sing. Sing.
sights are on my target Enemy on the ground Sitting in my office Nobody is around Matching my coordinates Focusing my gaze My finger presses enter Building is a maze. Click to check my outcome. Zoom to scan the scene. See in vivid detail the dead Mujahideen beside the dead insurgents among the broken glass.
listening to the Common Thread Collective Mutiny Radio FM, San Francisco's Mission District, doing it live every Friday from three to six. And today is March 9th. That was a lot of fun talking with Angela Aliota here, Dave. You, into, you two got into a lot of hipstery. But moving forward here, because we have a, a, a few folks who are here and have a little bit of a time limit on that, unlike the rest of us who, <laughs> you know, who are always here. <laughs> but, and that's what we do, isn't it, Val? We cast a wide net and we find the common thread. In fact, we have a call in at 5 o'clock our time coming in. Okay. I think it's five. Yeah, five o'clock. Uh, Barry, Barry uh, Plunker Adam. Oh, really? The of the Rainbow Gathering is going to call us from Missoula, Montana. So Excellent. Watch for, uh, at five o'clock our time. Excellent. Well, right now, live I in believe. the. I always want to call it the studio. We're in the studio, but it's Mutiny Radio, so it's a it's a funky little space, and and I can I can see you all through this window. Um, is our friend Bloodflower sat down at the piano.
let's send it back. Any that was people. fun. Like, it's good. conversation is great. And it's interactive. And the style we have, which is like an interview, conversation, interviews, a conversation, it's an interview, it's interview, conversation is great. And hey, Val, uh, this be... This is Bruce Wright, Reverend Bruce Wright. Doctor. Reverend Dr. Bruce Wright. Wow. Um, and the executive committee. Shoot. So we're it sounds more impressive than it is. <laughs> it's fun to have, you know, that I when I was a kid I would always write Esquire after my name. Of course I'm not an attorney. Um I never pursued law school. <laughs> but it's it's fun to have a little something. something, something. Well, I, I totally threw us off track there. But um, Bruce, oh, uh, you're here. You're visiting from Florida. You're up from St. Pete's for a couple of different reasons. Yes. Why don't um, you tell us? Go one to one. Well, first, let, let's uh, we'll get back to it. If we can say it now. We 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 have we have this show here in San Francisco, Common Thread Collective, and you have something similar, which you call Revolution Radio. In where? Tell us tell us a bit about that. Let's connect as yeah. fellow radio people. Revolutionary Road Radio Show is in the Tampa Bay area of Florida, and we're on 3 a.m. and 2 f.m. as well as the web, uh, podcasted, TuneIn app, YouTube, you know, all the social media stuff. So, yeah, we're on Monday nights at 10 p.m., and we uh, discuss radical revolutionary ideas. We are, uh, you know, I guess you could say as radical left as you can get, and... Um, we believe in uh, promoting the notion of freedom and freedom of speech and telling the truth to power, speaking truth to power, and we don't hesitate to cover, the, cover some of the news stories that people don't want to talk about. So, That's a good thing to do. Yeah, well, and, this is where uh, something similar. Myself, I'm a member of the uh, Democratic Socialist, San Francisco, but, but I have another foot in the people's anarchy here at the bottom looking up, casting a wide net, and I say finding a common thread. So this is, uh, so uh, once a week, you go down to the station, it's an AM, FM station, is that what you're saying? Yep. And you're given an hour, you bought an hour, you pay for an hour late at night to uh, do what you want to do. Basically, yes, and one of the things we are promoting, uh, and one of the reasons I'm on the road here and on the Hello. West Coast, uh, in L.A., I was at the National Alliance to End Homelessness, and homelessness is a very dear issue to me. I've been homeless myself. My wife has been homeless. We've been single parents homeless uh, before we got together because she's uh, uh, another marriage for me. And um, we are part of a group called the Poor People's Economic Human Rights Campaign, uh, it grew out of uh, both the homeless unions and the welfare rights unions, and it's uh, coming on the heels, uh, started more than 20 years ago, of uh, continuing to push forward the vision that Dr. King had of a poor people's movement. And so we're recruiting for a major event uh, this summer, June 2nd through the 12th. We're doing a poor people's march from Philadelphia to Washington, D.C. We'll be setting up an encampment in D.C. similar to Resurrection City that happened after Dr. King was assassinated. And of course, people know this year is the 50th anniversary of the assassination of Dr. King and the assassination of Bobby Kennedy. 100th anniversary in November of Armistice Day. Over the last few years, it's been a lot of anniversaries of major events, many of which 
Mr. Diamond Dave, I know, was uh, at. So. Armistice Day is, of course, the... Not, the, not Armistice well, Day. You're well, not that old. One <laughs> well, that was 2018, I mean, uh, 1918 or 17. Oh, go ahead. But That's Armistice Day. But, I, you know, we're really excited to be here and also just really encouraged at the large number of activists in this greater San Francisco Bay Area that are committed to a wide variety of issues, but in particular, the issue of homelessness. And it really, quite frankly, Florida has a huge homeless population, but here is just even towards Florida. Well, I come to San Francisco. My mother said I remember I was eight years old. I remember my mother saying, it was yesterday, she passed many years ago, saying I was six years old, and it was the first mention I ever heard of this city where she said, and as if it was yesterday, it's never too hot and never too cold in San Francisco. And I hear it like I'm hearing it now. That's not quite true. She'd never been here. But I, that's my first mention of San Francisco. And when I heard about the folks coming, later to be called the Beat Generation Beatniks, I remember my mother saying that. I put my thumb out and soon I was there. That was 1957. Well, anyway, so let's see your march. Let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's focus down a bit. So your march is going to start in Philly. Yes. Do you have a place where we start? We had FDR Park. That's where we were last. Actually, the staging ground is going to be Kensington, which is a section of Philadelphia that is amongst the poorest in the country and ha- and is considered the epicenter, unfortunately, of the opiate uh, heroin crisis in oh, our yeah. country. I'm, in fact, that's where we, when we when I left the uh, the Rainbow Gathering in Vermont. And we headed down, not to Cleveland for the Republican convention, but to Philly for the Democratic convention, where we've been invited to come to a space. I wonder if we could be in this space. It's a big space. I think there have been buildings there, but now it's totally empty. And we pulled our bus in. Soon there's a few buses, and soon it became the center uh, in many ways mm-hmm. of Kennedy. It was the Keswick, Kennedy. It was the people of Kensington, yes. their community, who invited us to come there. That's right. That's and, and, and we remember that. Uh, of course, I've known you for some time from other protests and conventions dave david diamond dave has a way of showing up everywhere <laughs> which is just amazing he's a force of nature and uh, i'm just real pleased to be with you on this show because i feel like this important issue of poverty in america has to be addressed and what people don't realize is that according to the last u.s census bureau this is the government saying this 50 percent of america is at or below the poverty line adjusted for inflation and I know just from talking to you folks here that the average studio apartment now is 3000 a month in San Francisco. So, I, you know, the, the, the yeah. cost of living, I mean, I, I know friends making fifty, sixty thousand 60000 a year here that have to have three or four roommates to afford to live. Right. Which is unbelievable how expensive it is here. And, and this is why we're having this march and calling on people from all over the nation, really all over the world. We're expecting... Also, uh, people off the continent of the U.S. to becoming uh, internationals, well, as well to... as uh, people from Puerto Rico, because of that whole issue that happened. Oh yeah. Well, you're going to be getting around, and if it could happen in D.C., so what you what you're hoping is that people will join you at Kensington, at Kensington in D.C. Yeah, I mean in Philadelphia, and you guys can get ready, uh, get ready, maybe be there a few days early, get ready, start feeding the people, and then when when people are ready, heading out, heading down the highway, walking to Washington D.C. Am I right? 
Yes, uh, and but it is going to be very family friendly, so you can bring your children. Also, uh, elder friendly and other abled friendly. So we're going to have vehicles to transport people. So it won't be like marching the whole no, time. No. We'll we'll drive into a city and then march for a little bit. Drive into a city. The last three days will be in D.C. We're going to have an encampment, Resurrection City style, but we're also going to have uh, bands, artists, performers. Uh, hopefully, Diamond Dave will have some words of wisdom from the stage to share. And, you know, we are excited about the potential yeah. of this. We're hoping that thousands will participate and thousands show up to D.C. Well, it's only, is it this year? It's yeah, when is it? Away. When's the... June 2nd through the 12th this year. 2018? Yes. Shoot. That's soon. Yeah. Wow. And um, all right. we're recruiting from all over the country, trying to find ways we can get people there. Our hope is to have, because the Poor People's Economic Human Rights Campaign is a bottom-up movement and uh, decentralized so. movement of homeless and poor folks. The majority of people that are part of it have been homeless or experienced poverty. And so we're hoping to get people from all over the country because all too often the class of the poor and the class of the homeless, their voice is not heard. So we're a bottom-up movement, not a top-down movement. As it should be. And it seems like the cross-section there would really um, probably ignite a lot of people who are involved in the Occupy movement. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, uh, we were very involved in the Occupy movement. I was involved in the Tampa Bay, St. Pete, but also uh, Washington, D.C. occupation. Well, I was here. We had end right here, Occupy San Francisco. Yeah, Occupy. And we had Oakland as well, another Occupy area. And so uh, to revive, have a revival, resurrection of the Occupy movement would be a good thing. And also a lot of the skills that we learned to Occupy, that's feeding the people. Yeah. That's uh, reaching out and getting uh, donations of food and, uh, and how that's done. All of that, all that, all that was Occupy. That we're able, I mean, the idea of Occupy is that we're, uh, people are getting fed. The idea of Occupy is that people had a place to put up their tent. The idea of Occupy, the tents were donated even if you didn't have a tent. We had tents for you. That's right. Well, All, everyone is welcome. Everyone. Welcome in. And, uh, you know, you can go to economichumanrights.org. That's www.economichumanrights.org to get information about the march. You can also call me. I have a Florida area code, but I'm on the phone all the time. 727-278-1547. And, you know, I just, I can't emphasize enough how I believe in all of us who are involved in organizing this, how important this voice needs to be heard in Washington. Because in the current climate, and I'm saying even with both parties, uh, poverty and homelessness are not crimes, and yet criminalization is happening. This is why I know California worked on a homeless bill of rights. In Florida, we're working on a homeless bill of rights called, uh, organized by the Florida Homelessness Action Coalition. So shout out to all my comrades there. But yeah, um, this this is a, an issue that's not gonna go away and it's tied into almost everything. We know that budget that was just passed that benefits the wealthy 1% and the rest of us are SOL uh, and you know and, and again I, I see uh, as I'm driving around San Francisco and LA just the, the sheer numbers of homelessness that exists here street homeless not just the homeless folks that are all 
ganging up together to try to get in a hotel for the night or couch surfing, which is part of homelessness, or staying in RVs. Like when I was down in San Jose, I couldn't believe the army of RVs. The, the joke was that there's the street homeless, which is the uh, lower class homeless, and then there's the middle class homeless in the RVs, which, wow. Yeah, it's wild. And tents. Yeah. The homeless you see, you see tents, more and more tents everywhere. Yes. There'll yeah. be one tent, and then soon there are three tents, and then soon the cops will come by and say, you got to move. Yeah, or they come by and they, they move it for them. They take their tents, they yeah. throw it in. I mean, the city spends, this city spends $30 million a year dealing with homeless encampments, most of which, the majority of which goes to the police and the rest of it goes to the DPW because they're going around moving people around saying, you got to get out of here. You yeah. just got to get out of here, you know, and sometimes it's, it's very work. short notice or no notice at all. It's a lot of, you know, taking, you know, confiscating of, of belongings, um, and uh, and also over the past few years, we've seen a lot of laws passed here. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about people sleeping or living in their vehicles. There've been a lot of laws passed in, in San Francisco saying you can't sleep in your can't vehicle. No so all of these areas where people used to do that for you know, uh, you know, up and down the Panhandle. Yeah, or, is, or, is 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 now they get you know harassed out of those places as well. Or even the idea of meal sharing. Not only here has been criminalized, but in Florida, several cases uh, with uh, with my friends who food, I've been involved bombs. with for many years, Food Not Bombs, and, and other groups um, that have been criminalized for sharing food. Can you imagine that? Well, we, mean, were, we were some of the first people yeah, busted. It's insane. And then Food Not Bombs, when Keith McHenry came, uh, came from Boston to San Francisco, and we began, we began doing, that's the Food Not Bombs, were sharing food right in front of City Hall. And they started busting us. They passed that first law. The, the, the Department of Health says you, can, you have to have all these rigid inspections. Well, we couldn't do that. We're cooking in people's houses and so on. And then they started busting us, but people kept turning up right in front of City Hall. They bust us, and another bunch would come and keep serving. <laughs> and we went, and finally, they, they gave up, and now we have a few places we can serve. But that's food, not bombs, what I used to say and still do, get in the loop and have, have some soup. No time to frown, it's time to chow down. Food Not Bombs is the key, and the food we have is always free. We do that every Thursday at 16th Mission. And they know it now. I just say that the food we have is always, the whole crowd goes, free. <laughs> so let's continue. Free is what it's about. That goes back to the diggers. goes back to so many to feeding people and sharing food is what life's about. And I, I'm glad you're doing this. And I think so people gather. You have a page where people can gather beforehand. And hope some days beforehand there in Philly. Kensington Committee will probably help you out. But the Kensington, there's a lady, I forget her name. Sherry she, Honkler. Uh, Sherry, a powerful woman, is she not? Yes, yes she is. Oh, and she goodness. is our uh, national leader. Uh, she is actually one of our leaders she's actually on what's called an endangered list of activists who've been arrested so many times she's been arrested for civil disobedience more than 200 times wow and so her and others like medea benjamin with code pain oh yeah many others that people know are on uh, a list that uh we always uh hope and pray for her safety uh, yeah, but yeah list. this this is an important movement it really is and it's a movement of the people it's not a top-down there's too many top-down models, uh, what I call the nonprofit industrial complex, that poverty pimp and do not listen to the homeless community or poor folks as to what they really want. Well, we're doing what we want here at the bottom up, uh, here at the bottom looking up. Now, Sherry 
was a product. She's out of Kensington, is she not? No, she's still living in Kensington. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. By yes. out of Kensington, that was her birth. She was the one who first got began to get the Kensington residents together. Yes. That's the time when you'd walk, get off the, uh, get, get, and there'd be these dope dealers out. You'd have to walk through them, mm-hmm. and Kensington had to say you had to walk through them. And but they gave us, and it was really scary to a lot of people. But they gave us that spot, and we came in from the Rainbow Gathering with our buses. Yes. And began to feed, and that was where we began to connect. And now we're doing it again, brother. That's right. That's right. And unfortunately, give uh, Sherry my love. Uh, we will. Unfortunately, Kensington has reemerged as the heroin capital again. Yes. At one time they were, but now uh, there's a new kind of heroin coming in, and it's from Afghanistan. And all we can say is, uh, shoot. Uh, thank you, U.S. military and CIA, for that nonsense. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, okay. I, I wanted to jump a little bit in here because no, please go ahead. Um, with the Poor People's Economic Human Rights Campaign, so what we're talking about, we're talking with Bruce Wright, uh, all the all the way from across the country in here in California to to uh, you know meet with people and and get this march going June second through the twelfth. Um, I, I I appreciate what you were saying in when you're talking about how the poor people are not. You know, poor people are not represented in this country. And even in the conversations about economics, we hear it's like even the Democratic Party only stops so far and talk about the middle class. It, It really it really maddens me that that we're not talking about the poor in this country because there are so many who are living in poverty, whether or not they're on the streets or not. Um, People who are one paycheck away from being out on the streets. Most of us are. Right. Or two, you know. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And thank you for bringing that up because it really is the cornerstone of why this march is happening. There's other groups talking about poverty, and I will not say who they are, but it's Democratic Party controlled top down. And what we're in, interested in is a independent voice, independent of Republicans and Democrats, a voice of the people to be heard once and for all. So regardless of whether you're a Republican or Democrat, see, the, the two-party system has been good at dividing the poor, the Republicans trying to pull in the poor white community, and uh, the Democrats pulling in communities of color. The fact is that poverty is so huge in this country now that the UN repertoire for housing rights when they came to the Bay Area, and you probably talked about this, uh, said that the United States is becoming a, well, not a third world nation because I think that's derogatory, but we use the word developing nation or like South nations. Yeah. And South nations are slowly rising up but in most cases it's only a certain class of people and this is the problem where i get into my more radical politic but this is the problem with capitalism capitalism has one goal to amass capital to try to characterize it as any other way or crony capitalism yeah crony capitalism is bad but in my estimation it's capitalism period that has created this kind of thing where in the united states now we have extreme poverty as well as regular, I guess you could say, poverty. Right, because you have people, I mean, like we're talking about just the, the, the cost of living somewhere. You could work full-time in a service job in San Francisco and still not be able to afford a studio apartment. Yep. It's systemic because in a capitalist society, the building owners want to make the most money that they possibly can, and so they find someone who will pay that and kick the other people out who, you know, 
however long they'd been living there before, you know, but um, yeah, it's when we have the, the hierarchy and the scramble for the top, um, most people are, are left down at the bottom. Um, and we see the bottoming out of, of unions over the years. Um, we see these huge tax breaks for the rich, um, these temporary tax breaks for the middle and lower incomes um, that will eventually expire. Um, I actually did my taxes, um, or I was trying to do my taxes the other day. And um, I, I made about the same amount of money I made last year. And I got a whopping fifty dollars more oh wow yeah so that tax that new tax plan is really benefiting me that'll buy, <laughs> that'll buy you and someone else a uh, very cheap dinner if you're lucky right <laughs> right it, it, yes <laughs> so yeah the the um the shift um and and that's why occupy was so important and why they fought against it so much because they're worried because so there's so many poor people in this country who are tired of being poor because of the systems that are in place that keep people poor or sick and, and, and by poor. The way, some of the worst per- persecution of homeless and poor folks, as well as the Occupy movement, happen at the hands of Democratic mayors. Uh, when at its height, there were a thousand cities in the United States doing Occupy in some way. Yeah, more than eight thousand arrests. Different people, by the way, not someone over and over. Uh, 8,000 arrests, uh, that's unheard of for a political movement in this country. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, they do not want the true voice from the bottom up. They're going to do everything they can to squash it, and that's why we need everyone's support. Please go to economichumanrights.org, or you can call me at 727-278-1547. I can't help it. Sometimes I start taken over there because i do radio myself and oh yeah we <laughs> it's an easy tense under understood we do <laughs> and what's nice is we have that flexibility here we're just we're streaming around the planet on the internet mutiny radio.fm that's m-u sorry m-u-t-i-n-y radio r-a-d-i-o dot fm and this is the common thread collective it is march 9th 2018 so if you're out there listening the podcast for the show will go up on our website right after the six o'clock hour so you we can find a, it and we're also on itunes now yeah we ha- and I, I i have to go unfortunately but i know I am so grateful and of course my buddy here david diamond dave is like the hostess with the most or the host with the most he well, is hostess he's not <laughs> gender uh, I say mostest is fun to say, though. I understand why. All past categories. <laughs> the host with we the welcome, mostest. I welcome all cool folk. You know uh, who you are out here in the cutting edge of social, cultural, and uh, and human, human, blah blah blah. Well, we have a call coming in. For <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We have a call Reverend Bruce Wright. Reverend Doctor Bruce hey, Wright. Brother, Thank you, Dave. At four thirty, watch for a call. We got uh, David Williams and Ramon Ayala is calling. All right. No, well, we're going to spread Hold this. We're going to. He's, yeah. he's. He's. Oh, okay. Bruce, I know he's going. <laughs> he's got to go. Bruce. <laughs> uh, no, you had mentioned just kind of late, but not that you're also a poet. Is that right? Well, yes, I am. And well, I'll tell you what. I'll. I'll 
Yeah, give us a quick poem. Oh, I was nice. thinking of having you yeah. call in with a poem from uh, from Tampa, and maybe we can do some stuff together. By the way, uh, uh, I, before before I forget, I know we won't. The show is underwritten. You're on station two. The show is underwritten. By who? Who pays the bills so we can be well, doing this? Well, the Organic Valley Family of Farms. Organic Valley Family of Farms. And Dr. Bronner. And a Dr. Bronner. Every time I get in the shower with my Dr. Bronner, I think of this guy, Dr. Bronner, and I'm reading the, uh, the bottle, <laughs> and I'm covering my naked body, and I think this is the man who helps support the show. <laughs> it was son. That, if gone. that's not an endorsement, I don't know what is. But well, it, I'm going to bring that. But it does. It does make it possible for Dave to not only come and do his radio show, but also show up clean. That's it, Doctor yeah. Bonner, <laughs> and show up cleaner. And uh, I was going to do it this week, but I'm going to do it next. Please remind me. I walked out the door. I said, "There's somebody who's supposed to take." Oh, you're going to bring the bottle in I'm so we can Dr. read it. Bonner, to, uh, you know, Doctor Bonner, he's got the all this interesting all, writing. All in one, all is one. But while you're soaping yourself up. <laughs> Standing there naked, it's hard to stand and read all that writing. Well, we're going to take don't, Dr. Bonner. Don't forget out. to dilute. We're going to take Dr. Bonner out of the shower and bring him right here as our sponsor, <laughs> and read what he, what his dad had to say. It goes on for some length. He was a um, a Christian, a, a Christian, but not a believer. Jesus, son of God, believer. He was a Christian before Christian. When Christian, when Jesus was, a, they believed that Jesus was a fellow human being. No son of God, unless we all are not a son of no son of God, but who taught us to love one another, Doctor Bonner. Uh, so we'll read that next week. So take us out with a poem, will you, brother? Yes, this one's called adversity. Adversity, no perversity, but merely a buffering of all suffering in all its diversity, and various forms. It conforms and confirms the shape of the weight of the burden we carry harried and in a rush by those who would crush the lessons learned with something earned by fighting it through to come out new risen again born again to an even higher state of consciousness it does not miss or dismiss its punch as it does crunch its barrier as a carrier of the blow that can subdue its foe down to the core the poor dispossessed to get no rest as the pain seeks to divest humanity. The profanity and insanity of adversity. The adversary is quite contrary to our way of thinking, linking and connecting, not rejecting the injustice it unleashes, judge and jury with such fury. You must not comply no matter how hard you try to fly above the storm clouds that you hope shrouds and hides those whom confides. But instead, you ride the incoming tide. You ride the incoming tide, the storm surge that would purge. You must urge yourself and others to fight the night, to fight the night, because knowing they are right. Fight the night. Fight, fight the, the night. night. We'll be all right. We'll bring, in, bring in the light. And you should oh, Bruce Wright. Thank you very much. <laughs> you should come out nude, but I thought you were going to say come out nude because we just <laughs> Dr. I thought it fits in. Well, thanks Stop for that. talking like, about you your know, shower, Dave. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you. That was a gr thank you for sharing your poem. That's Glad you got one. to have be part of this broadcast and we'll be tuning in also to your show yes. uh the revolutionary road radio show which is a you could get it at tantalk1340.com that's t-a-n-t-a-l-k 
1340.com. Um, thank you, Bruce Wright. Well, Dave, let's play a little music, shall we? Right. We have a call coming at 4.30. All right. David Williams Perfect. This guy I don't remember, but I, uh, the last name is Ayala, who has this idea of councils. And we talk about councils. So watch the phone. Then at 5 o'clock, stay tuned, people, because at 5 o'clock, we got my, my brother uh, Barry Plunker is calling from Missoula. A bunch of our generation have passed uh, recently. Mm. He's going to be doing a little more about that, but we're going to rise above. Our generation, first generation, Rainbow Family, our past, uh, past. he'll talk about that and where we go from here a bit. And that's Barry, so he's going to call it five. So we got some stuff happening that we need to do. Take it away, music. All right. We're going to play this song. We like to play it, and it is for educational purposes only.
now. always told me work hard and stay in school trust the church and leaders of our town but now that I am older the violence that I see the trust I had is slowly breaking down there's a fire in Ferguson tonight it's not the kind of fire you see and everyone who seeks justice, truth, and dignity. I raised my child on food stamps, worked and went to school, graduated proud of my degree. In the news, another killing. A young black life cut short Police have turned their guns on you and me There's a fire in Ferguson tonight It's not the kind of fire you see Burns in everyone who seeks Justice, truth and It's a busy day on the Common Thread Collective. There's a lot going on. It's a great time here at Mutiny Radio. We hope you come and join us some Friday afternoon between 3 and 6. We're at the corner of 21st and Florida Streets here in San Francisco's Mission District. And on the phone, we have Juan Iola and David Williams who have called in. And uh, Welcome to the show. David, are you there? 
Well, thank you. Yes, thank you very much. Can you hear me okay? And Juan, we hear you fine. Yes, we can. And, and here's Juan Ayala. Juan Ayala. I'm here. I'm okay, here. well, you went last week. I, am I coming in clearly? You're fine. You're perfect. You. You're good, good, good. Yes, you are. Loud and clear, as they say. Now, well, we uh, can hear you well enough, Dave, um, as long as you can hear us clearly. Now, well, let's present Dave, this conversation. Let's go on. All right. Now, you well, were, um, you were uh, we, with those who listened last week, remember you talking about an event, an event, an event of, uh, in the city of Santa Barbara, where you're going, to, you're going to go to the various sacred spots in which indigenous people will come and there'll be ceremony in which we're going to be talking about peace and love and understanding. Am I right? Yes, you're right, Dave. It's tomorrow. I mean, the day after tomorrow on Sunday, March 11th, oh my goodness. 7th, 7th Fukushima anniversary. It's a ceremony at the UCSB Tree of Peace. It's just southwest, uh, northwest of Stork Tower there on campus. This was planted in 1985 by Mohawk Chief Jake Swamp and gave the teachings of the great law of peace, which it symbolizes. And he came back after that, and five years later, we had a ceremony like we're going to have on Sunday around the Tree of Peace to, um, you know, give rise to the great law of peace. And so uh, to promote that, I've been doing some things this week, and I one of the first people I reached out to was Juan Ayala because of his uh, long-time activity many decades in the local community as an indigenous activist working with the local Cesar Chavez Center, the La Casa de la Raza. Uh, he lived with the Hopi and lived their way and planted corn for years and then came to, back to town to represent them and worked with Thomas Banyaka and Jake Swap and so many of them. So I'm really happy that he's, uh, we've reconnected. Ever since, uh, since 1978, every time I go anywhere, you any event like that, you hear Juan Ayala, Juan Ayala, somebody's mentioning his name. So I'm really tickled to be able to work with him. And what happened was, I gave. Uh, we want to use this peace, this ceremony at the peace tree, to empower our mission to send the peace pole to Jerusalem. That Corbin Harney prayed at the peace tree some years ago for its success, and now we have a mock-up, a model that we're trying to get community support and funding and a delegation to take it to Jerusalem, where it's being awaited at a very famous person's uh, peace house in East Jerusalem, Ibrahim. Uh, and uh, he's all cool with it and ready. He walked. He did the peace walk from Bethlehem to Jerusalem in 2005 with some people that I organized from California. And he came up with a symbol that unites the three faces of Jerusalem. So we're going to put that symbol on the peace pole at the ceremony on Sunday, as well as an all-faiths unity symbol, and then take the, raise the momentum to send that on its way. So I told Juan about this, and he says, oh, yeah, great, you know, Global peace is a good thing, everything, but uh, we have so many local issues. Everybody's troubled. There's the peace issues locally. We have to do something like that. So we talked about it and came up with the idea Community Peace Council. So we're promoting that uh, as a way of making the Tree of Peace. The idea of the Tree of Peace is you gather under the Tree of Peace in this frame of mind, of, of real peace of mind, and then you come to good decisions. So we want to take that concept, made a poster that says Meeting Place, Community Peace Council of Santa Barbara, and the picture of the Tree of Peace on it. I left it at La Casa, and then maybe they'll put it up on their meeting room wall and send in any good ideas they get to the website that's on the poster kind of thing. So that's where it came from since I talked to Juan about the idea of uh, how to make a local roots for a global movement. 
is by putting heads together in the good, peaceful way to community peace council locally, everywhere. Well, let's have council. I've heard you. We can hear you, David. I know you well. But we have Juan. I haven't heard a word from him, Juan. Well, let's uh, step step back a bit, David. Juan, step up. Tell us what you what your vision is and how it's connected. Tell us what you'd like to tell. Tell us, Juan. Juan, tell Thank us you. about it. Thank you for having me in your show. Uh, what I'd like to share is uh, some of the ideas that uh, I have developed. Since I met the Hopi back in 1970 for the first time, uh, my background is in uh, art and design, uh, film studies, uh, storytelling, and uh, so uh, seriously considering what peace is and how we could achieve it, I realized that we live in a very troubled world, and there are many issues that have to be solved at the personal level at the local community level, regionally, nationally, and globally. So if we really want to achieve peace, we need to address all of these various levels, dimensions of peace. And um, I say that what we need to develop is ecological consciousness, meaning understanding that our lives are made up of relationships. We are born from relationships. We are maintained through relationships. Communities are relationships. So understanding that concept of life is really important. Without it, we cannot uh, proceed in bringing about peace in the world. Um, So in order to do this, I believe we need to have a local, regional, global networks of peace councils or community learning centers where people can gather to uh, uh, learn from each other, share what we know, what we learn, our visions and uh, understandings, and how we can collaborate to bring about peace in a very methodical way. You know, this is more complicated than uh, building colonies on Mars. Uh, We want to live in this world as I hope we say, we have to learn how to live in peace among all peoples and in harmony with nature. So those are the three principles of Hopi culture, nature, peace, and harmony. It's complicated so, and simple. Uh, that means that the tree of peace is the same as the tree of knowledge, which is the tree of life. You cannot destroy one, peace, or nature, or life, and uh, not... Uh, you know, harm to one is harm to all. So if we begin to take care of the tree of life, which is life on earth, the community of life on earth, then we will begin to understand um, what is freedom, what is happiness, what is health, what is peace. Uh, The founding founders of the United States, they said life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. So they understood that life comes first. You know, we cannot have peace if we're not alive. Uh, of course, that would be the peace of the grave. We're not talking about that kind of peace. We want to talk about peace while we're alive right here. So we begin with ourselves, our own mind, our own heart, and then we proceed from there. Peace in our families, peace in the communities, peace in the world. So that's basically it. Uh, it's kind of simple. Uh, the concept is simple. 
That's right. The Simple and carrying simple out of the concept, living it, is not so easy. Uh, we need to consider many, many things. The way we live, our ways of life, what we eat, what we drink, the, our clothes, uh, every detail, every life support system that civilization has developed. Hey, and we have to move away from making war. Uh, Buckminster Fuller said it's time to turn weaponry into livingry. And okay. in order to do this, we need to be able to meet Can together me? and to discuss how we're going to carry this out. It has to be founded on the principle, the concept of participatory democracy, which is another element of the Trio Peace Society and the Iroquois Society, is the system of participatory democracy. So to do that, we need councils, as the Iroquois had, councils of the people. So we need peace councils everywhere. Every neighborhood, every community should have these peace councils where people can discuss how to carry out everyday relationships, everyday affairs. Hey, everyday relationships. Hey, Juan Ayala. Let me speak to you now. This is something which you can talk at a further length. I'm definitely down with it. I'm definitely down. I want you you and David to think about, everybody think about what role can we play. We're being heard around the planet and the Internet. Hundreds, if not thousands of people are either listening or downloading the podcast. So it'll be happening. And I want you to lend a hand... I want to uh, I want I want to offer you to call in next week. We have a full deck here, and I wish you well on Sunday. And the the beat goes on. Now David is going to Ju- uh, David's got a plan of going to Jerusalem. You have a plan of being right to, right there and and beginning to establish these peace councils. Am I right? Yes, I hope so. That's well, let's the do region. it. Whatever I can do, and we can do to lend a hand. Call me, uh, call me, and it's Sunday. Sunday is going to be the uh, Peace Council. It's going to be many things at, uh, at Santa Barbara on Sunday. Am I right? Yes. Yes, Sunday will be the ceremony under the Tree of Peace, the reawakening of the uh, the dream, continuing the dream of the peacemaker. All right, well, we wish you guys this well. This is called the dream and of the peacemaker. This, like life itself, is a to be continued. Thank you, David. Thank you, Juan. And uh, Thank you. take it away, Val. Thank you. Thank you so much, both of you. Uh, and we'll, we'll definitely be posting this on our Facebook page. And I, I have the website from last week, the the Tree of Peace, um, the Tree of Peace uh, website that has information about the ceremony down there at UC Santa Barbara. And uh, we certainly look forward to talking to you further again. And uh, I, 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 that's my alma mater. Um, so, but we uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit we have a couple of musicians here from a crew called luminous ensemble welcome to the common thread collective thanks val i'm tim and this is matt hey there hey guys thanks for coming in um so we've got i know we've got some some of your music to play but tell us a little bit about your your musical crew and what you're working on yeah so we are uh luminance ensemble or at least two-thirds of luminance ensemble our other missing member is actually recording in the studio right now. She's a harpist, and she's got she's got a few other groups. And uh, you know, we're lucky that we all kind of found each other. That's why Yeah. So we all started off um, as neighbors, and uh, you know, there's nothing like community that brings music together, and also music making, music sharing, and 
think goes pretty well with some of the themes that we've heard earlier today. And um, I guess the type of music that we play is we try as hard as we can not to get stuck in a genre um, because we all come from different backgrounds. Good idea. Yeah, we bring classical, folk, jazz, and uh, kind of postmodern minimalism all together in our uh, musical stew. It's also a, a very homegrown mission neighborhood thing um, for us. We want to talk about a show that we're going to yeah, play. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. I was about to cut to the chase. So Thursday, <laughs> and speaking of a mission, speaking of a very good place to do shows, yeah, do a show. That's called the, the what, the what, the what, the what? The Red place? Poppy Art the Red House Poppy. on Folsom 20, Street at 23rd. 23rd and Folsom. Yeah, starting at uh, 730 and um on march 15th next thursday yep uh, nice that's uh, such a great spot the red poppy art house especially for like a like a small ensemble like you have so it's the the, the three of you right your 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 harpist who is not here today and then what what uh instruments do you gentlemen play i play upright bass and i play trumpet um and i guess normally you wouldn't have an ensemble with a trumpet a bass and a harp but why not we make it work and our own way and we kind of love the challenge of being in an acoustic space that is not built for us wow and cool luminous ensemble it's, it's, a kind of, it's, it's a kind of music in the round it can be and I'm right there in my mind and I want to hear you we can talk about what you do for uh, uh, in the ad infinitum but we have right here queued up uh, what you did, not only talking what you do, we have queued up you doing it. Am I right, Val? Yeah, why don't well, you introduce this track? Give us your name, guest MC, guest DJ. <laughs> Thanks so much. And the, uh, this track is called Solenopsis, and uh, this was one of the first pieces that we composed together, and it features lots of different meters, um, lots of different harmonic shifts that we just found interesting. And we'll be playing it live next Thursday. Is the fifteenth? The fifteenth at the Red Poppy, seven thirty. Very cool. Well, here we go. Solenopsis by Luminous Ensemble.
music. All right, that was some that was some really cool sounds. I appreciated that. So Tim, you're you're here from Matt had to to bop off to the Revolution Cafe, um, but tell us a little bit more about the uh, the crew, Luminous Ensemble, and uh, what what kind of projects you're working on. Uh, well, so that was an example of. Uh, our work in the studio over the last couple of months um <clears throat> we've been uh basically recording live as a trio um so we're trying to just do what we can what we're trying to just reproduce what we can do live um that track did have a little bit of bass percussion that it turns out it's easier to set the mics up and do it in a separate pass but we've been just performing that track like that also um uh, we tend to write all our stuff uh, together as a collaborative effort, so it, we don't we can't really predict how it's going to come out and, until we've worked on something together for a while. That's pretty cool that you sit down and actually write it together and and make and well, that's the ensemble part as well. It's not just playing somebody else's work, but you're actually working together to make this make these uh, these these songs. That's right. Thank you. And All right. Well, um, is there any other question you have for me? <laughs> Are you having a good Friday? <laughs> Super stressed. Oh it's no! Been crazy, but <laughs> we're gonna get through it. That's right. That's right. And I know the common thread is hopping here today. So thank you for your patience while we uh, keep moving forward and getting getting from one one thing to the next. But we do strive to make sure that nobody goes away mad. Nobody goes away sad. Everyone goes away glad having done what they came to do. So um, I hope you feel like you've done what you came to do. And also know that you're always welcome here. The door is open. I have your track in my email. I may just play it again um, from your crew, Luminous Ensemble. Do you have any way for people to, uh, well, track you down for your music? Well, they should look us up next Thursday at the Red Poppy Art House or... um, or on uh, Amelia the Harpist's website, ameliaromano.com. Lovely. Amelia. She has a whole page called Collaborations, and we're on there. Oh, great, great. Yeah, she's great. Well, we're happy to be here kind of at the, um, the uh, well, at least the d- little bit of a debut, a little bit of a tease of... Uh, luminous ensemble and i hope people go out to the red poppy art house on march 15th 7 30 to 10 that's over here on the corner of 23rd and folsom streets and uh, i'll put it on our facebook page too after the show about all all the cool folks who are part of the common thread thanks tim thanks val From thanks me. dave yeah we welcome anytime amelia romano that she's especially welcome here and we love it each and every friday between three and six, before four o'clock is a good time to come by. We'd love to hear, hear you hear. Minimal, super minimalist. The three of you kind of minimalist, all of you together, and we're heard around the planet on the internet. Thank you. Plus Thanks for the opportunity. The we love what you do. Well, we love and what you I'll do. I'll try to bring the instruments and the whole crew next time. Perfect. That'd be cool. Yeah, just let let me know when you um, want to come down, and we'll trumpeters. we'll make we'll be ready for you. So, Dave. We have a phone call. We do. We've got Barry, Barry Plunker. Barry. Barry's on the Adams. phone. Barry Adams. Plunker. Nice. Barry, Yo. let me hear your voice so I can say it's so good to hear your voice. Howdy. Yeah, you came to my mind this morning, and I said, I think I'm going to send a message that thanks to Facebook uh, to Barry. Say, call me Barry. Barry, I know. Barry's one of the first people I met. 
Barry is a relic of that first generation Rainbow family. He was there, and out of that vision, out of vision, so many years later, that was 1971, and here we are, 2018, still embracing that vision. This year we're going to be, maybe we can take a bit, we're going to be in the Appalachians and the Tikua, the Tikua bioregion in Georgia. We haven't been there before, I don't think. Going from the from the coniferous, that's pine cone forest, to the deciduous of Appalachia. Right so far, Barry? Yeah, but uh, but what? we were sort of we were sort of out that way. This we're talking about the Rainbow Gathering oh, and having to drive for it. But uh, you remember North Carolina in 1987? We were out there. I was there, and I remember West Virginia as well. But yes. I, thanks for reminding me because I, I'm now I'm right there in my head as we rolled into North Carolina, uh, having to go through a whole line of cops. They weren't too happy to see us, but what could they do? Because we just kept rolling in in that beautiful, uh, deciduous forest of the Appalachians. I think I'm right now. Yep. Well, you remember uh, uh, we had a federal judge there wrote a book about it. His, his name was Dave Santel. That's right. He wrote a book called it. Judge Dave and the Rainbows. And uh, he sits on the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in uh, uh, Washington, D.C., you know, the... Uh, the uh, 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 area. Yeah. D.C. Yeah, I got it. And he was on the judge, and he said, let those rainbows fly. Let those rainbows fly because we have a First Amendment of the Constitution that gives us the right to... Well, he, he was, uh, he came, he was the, uh, actually came out and walked around the gathering. Uh, he walked around with a number of people, including me, and uh, he had a number of experiences, and it impressed him a lot because he saw a lot of uh, humanity up front because our people, we don't hide or nothing. We don't, you know, we have, uh, people have tents, they have teepees, they have uh, little wiki-ups and things that they uh, put together the gatherings, but basically, uh, when you come to a rainbow gathering, it's all out front. It's right there. You can walk through. You can see it all. Uh, you know, uh, we try not to look at people getting up in the morning and uh, washing their body parts, etc. But uh, because we have sort of a, a, the same vibe as the people, uh, as as, uh, as it's stated, that people in the Far East, which I witnessed in Japan once. And that was this idea that people sort of are are not interfering in other people's business. They're sort of just being with each other, but they're not actually getting into each other's business unless there's some real necessity. Like and that happens in gathering. And so, drinking that morning coffee together, getting our first conversation, getting out, coming out of our tent, and said, "Oh my God, I'm here at the Rainbow. Here, are people I haven't seen one more time around the sun. We're back again. We say, declare when we're here to declare our independence, and uh, declare our independence, and acknowledge our interdependence." Declare well, you know, uh, I've had a number of my uh, of our brothers, a number of them you knew really well and uh, like me and some of the people who were some of the early shitter diggers at the rainbow gatherings and some of the early uh, real um, people walking in the spirit of it and uh, they passed through the skies recently some of them are older people like you and me 
And uh, I sort of wrote a little poem about it, if you got a second. Oh, I'd love to hear it, because that was our generation. First generation rainbow. We now we've now reached that point where we're going, some are going to the sky, the spirit world, or as the Lakota people said, to the other side of the camp. Please read that poem, because all the well, brothers... I, I, I kind of wrote this. It's, uh, it's about what to do with your old hip eyes, hippies. What is there do? What do ought to be done for the 60s folks and freaks? There ain't no icebergs to put them out on. The oceans are too warm. Put them out on the street? There ain't no room on the walk. Ah, maybe just get them stoned and they'll simply... Roll, rock, roll away. Roll away. <laughs> anyway, well, it's good the thing is, you know, there's a lot of people like your age. You're like 80, I know. I'm 72 years old. We've been in we've been in this thing for a lot of years. We're Twice still time. all this time. We're kind of like we're still here. I don't know why we're still here. A lot of people have left, but uh, you know. Uh, there's people, is there any, like, you know, uh, retirement homes just for hippies where they can, you know, get stoned and have a faraway look in their eye and sort of dream away their days? I don't know. Maybe in California, but certainly not in Montana. <laughs> well, how are you living now, Barry? Do you still live on a bus? Well, how do you, where do you wake up in the morning? This is Missouri, well, I Montana. A, well, I have a place. Well, you have a family. See you and Sue and the kids. Okay, tell me more. Yeah. Uh, now it's all coming back. Missoula, well, my thing is, my thing is, I got a partner I live with, and uh, and we share a uh, a house, and uh, we live in Mont in Missoula, Montana, on the north side. And I have an uh, RV now. I used to have a bus, and and uh, we used to live in buses and vans. But uh, my partner teaches, so she's got a regular job, and I uh, and I'm old, you know. Well, but we you know, uh, we share that. I had these, I had these buddies of mine, uh, a brother named Harold Williams. Yeah, tell us. A brother named Chuck Mills, we called Windsong. A brother named Billy Sean. Uh, Wild uh, guy. And then, of course, a brother named Dennis Barone, who's right there in San Francisco, and a brother named Doctor George Freebot. And our buddy Gideon Idiot Israel, Gideon. they all went to the skies recently. Why didn't and, uh, Gideon? And, yeah, Gideon. They all went to the skies recently. They were all beautiful people. They were wild people. They were activists. They were uh, unusual human beings. They were full-on characters. That's full they were, like you. You're a full-on character. I'm. I'm kind of a full-on character. Too. Full-on. So, Hold I on, testify yes. to that. <laughs> and those that testify to that. Well, you know, I, you know what I tell people? Uh, you know, occasionally when people go to the skies now, you know, they uh, they call me up like Gideon did. And and uh, my and my partner, Chuck, who I knew since 1969, by the way. Wow. And uh, even before we were called Rainbow People or any of that, uh, yeah. I met my partner, Chuck, from up in Montana. I call him Cousin Chuck because him and I are sort of fifth cousins twice removed. But um, 
he called me up the night before he was heading to the skies too, and he uh, uh, he, he wanted to just talk to me, but uh, he couldn't actually speak anymore. So he said, "How do I hang up? How do I hang up?" You know, and uh, Gideon, my buddy Gideon, he called me the, the day he passed away too. And uh, I always say the same thing to my brothers and sisters who go, because I've had a number of sisters that go have gone recently too. And that, what I say to them is this: Listen, you know, there's some people are Christian. I'm not trying to get into your case now. And there's some people are Buddhist. I'm not trying to get into yours. I just want to say, you know. For some people, some beings and some souls on the earth, when they go, they ain't sure where to go. And so I'm just kind of pointing out, just in case you don't know where to go, or if you, I mean, some people don't believe they go anywhere, so they probably don't. But if you kind of believe you have some place you might go, well, there might be a place that you can go, and it may not be the place where you have to, like, you know, be so pure to get to. And then it's easy to find, you see. You just kind of, if you pass away and you're in the sky, just like kind of look three degrees to the left of the sun. And you'll see there's sort of a doorway, an opening, and it goes right on through the morning star. You follow the morning star to heaven's door, to heaven's gate, as the prophet Dylan has often said and sang. And they say you knock, knock, knock on heaven's door if you happen to be uh, inclined or if you just kind of ain't sure whether you should knock or not. Or if you knock and nobody answers after a while or somebody says, hey, go away. You've got to find some other place because there's no room at this end. Well, then either way or any of these things happen to happen or you don't really want to be knocking. Well, you look down there just to the left of the doorway, and you'll see a sign that says Rainbow. And that runs over the Milky Way into where it used to be the old compost pit, from where they used to throw out all those uh, uh, feathers out of those uh, uh, angel wings and pieces of strings. And, you know, that's where the free souls all started up. And you'll see there's a big gathering over there in that old compost pit and re-recycling the place. And there's lots of things there. You know, there's like plenty room for rappers and there's room for discoers and there's room for rainbows and there's room for uh, each and every one. And there's a big sign that says, Welcome Home. And, and you and I, Dave, we know more than a few people who've been to gatherings are up in those skies. But you know what? It says, Welcome Home to any and all. And so, you know, we have a whole selection. Oh, and if you're worried about them there folks that went on in, they're all pure and all that, and they went on into heaven, well, you know what? You look over here at the back door of heaven, and you'll see them angels coming out the back door, taking their wings off and sliding over into A-camp. Well, hey, man, i like to begin to hang up and go. Hang up and go. Hang up hang and up. glow. That's where we be, and that's just see, and I'll just say, hang up and glow. But here we are putting another day on this flood, this side of the thing, and then we go to the other side of the camp, as, uh, as the Lake Lakota people say. I remember asking one of them, it was a sister, I said, what happened to so-and-so? And she said, well, he's gone to the other side of the camp, and here's E.K. walking in. Wow. What a, is this-, this is an amazing show tonight, isn't it, Mal? Amazing and show. It, the cast of characters just come coming through. E.K., how are you? I'm good. How you doing, Dave? Uh, we got, I got on the line here. Barry, we're talking about some of the brothers. 
some of the yep. folks who've gone to the, the sky, the other side of the camp, uh, for the Rainbow family. And he's in Missoula, and we'd be here. We've already spoke about the uh, poems under the dome. And in fact, oh, guess who is exciting. here? Angela Aliotto. Oh. Guess who's gonna give a gonna help open uh, open up poems under the dome? But Angela Aliotto. Awesome. And she might well be the next mayor. We are doing one, She's two. She's running. We have quite a field of candidates. Don't I we? know we do. And we have, uh, we have. Hey, uh, hey you have somebody there running for mayor? Uh, no, she's we, gone. We did and, earlier. Angela Aliotta. Earlier we did. My father's mayor too. He's cool. And we have what's called uh, what's called uh, rank choice voting. You vote one, two, three here. You know. It's true. It's and I'm an walking home. I'm walking over here, and I realize that when you have three, no one gets a majority and seven people are running, then it's one, two, three, you vote, and they have this complicated system. Who's mayor? And I think Angela, I'm realizing, has a pretty good chance once you work out the math. Wow. Possibly. Yeah, I don't know who's... I, yeah, I, I have no gut feeling about who's going to win this time. Yeah, there's But I feel that I've, I've diverted conversation in a new direction. Okay, well, look, uh, Barry, you have... <laughs> That's the way we do here. They go, we go around like no, that. no. There's no, there are no diversions. There's only commercials. No, well, the, uh, well, hey, you know, you know, there's a scene going on right now in Los Angeles where there's a guy, uh, a veteran guy, is down there in the VA hospital and he's shooting up the place, and he said he has PTSD, and uh, and uh, they were going to dump him out of a program. He just got out a few weeks ago, and they asked him to leave this program, and now he's down there shooting up the place. What, this and is today? Right now. Right now? At this what? moment, as we're, as we're on the air. Oh, my goodness. But I just want to say this, I, you know... Uh, Where's that happening? I got to say it in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. I got to say this now, you know... Say uh, it. People... You got to check that out. Uh, you know, back, speaking of Chuck, my partner and me, Back in the early days in the six in the in '69, '70, '71, '70, right on through, we went out when guys got back home. And in those days, there wasn't any parades, and there wasn't a lot of places to get help and all that. There was people that came out of Vietnam and they dropped into the were dropped into the cities, and they barely even knew that they were out of the bush. And we took got some of those characters off the streets. They'd be out, they, they would still think that they were in the bush. They would still think that they were, were, were in, in full-on danger. And we brought them up into the mountains, and we welcomed them home. And we, you know, our vibe was like, chop wood, carry water, dig shitters for the people. You have to grow flowers. But, not, you know, even with all the programs now, there are people who still come home, just came out of that, the ugliness. And suddenly they're on the streets of America. They're back here, and they are dangerous folks. Man, and they're dangerous them. in the sense they don't want to be dangerous. They don't want to be dangerous. They want to be. They just want to be. Want to be? I'm so waiting that. for that. I you want to I be? So some, wait a wait a second. Hey Barry, hold on. Did you find something about that? Uh, yeah. So there's there. This was a. A couple hours ago, the report was, um, I guess it's been updated, that the Napa County Sheriff's Office responded to an active shooter situation in the veterans' home in California, in Yountville, after a gunman infiltrated a going-away party for employees there. Uh, 
California law enforcement officials said that an armed man took three hostages in the veteran's home and that the hostages are still with the gunman. They've attempted to contact him via cell phone and phones in the building, but have not reached him yet. Napa County Sheriff's Office said more people were initially taken hostage in addition to the three who remain, but they were released by the gunman. No injuries have been reported, but officials are approaching this as an active shooter situation since the gunman exchanged fire with law enforcement, although the number of rounds was not specified. The gunman has a rifle, but authorities have not specified the size, caliber, of the weapon, and um, they do not know the conditions of the hostages. Wow. So this is happening as we speak. Heavy duty. Hey, Barry, there you are. Missoula, you you give us a message. We got got our laptop online here, so we can go full circle, and here we are. We'll keep keep people up to date, and they can keep themselves up to date. So, Barry, so good to hear your voice. Call regularly, will you? I miss you, brother. I'm looking forward to seeing you, hopefully... We'll both survive. We will survive to Georgia, 2018, the Appalachians, the Kutua, the Kutua. I fully intend to be there this year. You got, so, you got one more minute or what? One more minute. Yeah. I just want to speak up for uh, the fact that I, uh, I was just at a poetry uh, slam, as they call it, and uh, it, um and Ray, of course, who gets on every once in a while with you, good poem. But my rap was basically about being a sanctuary house, just like you have sanctuary states and sanctuary cities. There needs to be sanctuary homes. And by the way, I'm looking for a gal named Ju- uh, Jennifer Jen from Montana to tell her to check in. But we need to have sanctuary homes. They're going to really go for this thing. I really believe that they're going to do uh, try to do this uh, really stupid roundups like they're, they're doing now in California and other places. We need to have every single house be a sanctuary house. It's the only way to win this. Each, every single house has to be a sanctuary house, not just every single city or a state. That's the only way to win it, folks. So anyway, I love you, and I'll call in again. Well, we love you too, Barry, and we look forward to you calling in. Every time that you call in is always a treat, and uh, thanks for sharing all of the the heartfelt, you know, love that you have to share and, and spread. And uh, we are we are opening our hearts uh, to all of that. So thank you so much, and um, we'll we'll chat again soon. All right, thank you, Bell. Thanks, Barry. Barry Adams, Plunker, an, an elder of the F- Rainbow family. This is the Common Thread Collective, and it wouldn't be the Common Thread Collective without Diamond Dave, who himself is an elder in the Rainbow family. And so we have about 30 minutes left of the show. So happy to welcome our poets in-house right now. Please, uh, yeah, you come on in and have a seat, Jack. We've got Jack Melander, we've got E.K. Keith, and we have Bloodflower. Uh, welcome all of you into the studio. It's been a kind of a, a fast moving afternoon. And yeah, here we are. Welcome. Hey Val, Hello. what's up? Oh, you know, we're just you know, changing the world over here, talking about all sorts of things. We had Angela Alioto I interviewed during Women's Magazine for an hour. Awesome. And then she stayed on and got into some great fun hipstery with Dave at the beginning of the Common Thread Collective. So That's she's running for mayor. This is her third run for mayor. And uh, she's pretty pumped about it. So it's good to talk to uh, kind of an old school San Franciscan about, you know, San Francisco. That was sure. a good get. Well, w- welcome. I know Jack's been 
uh, here since the beginning. A very patient man, Jack Mallander, uh, to join us. Uh, you want to share a couple of poems? We're in the poet poet's hour or poet's uh, slot. Me now? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, this one's called. Uh, this is called Prayer to a Weather God. Oh, Trump, you have declared that you can make the nation great again, so I kneel in obeisance to the God you have declared yourself. Oh, Trump, I do so desire to be your lower middle class votary, for you have not granted, have you not granted me the dispensation of despising your industrial assemblage of wage lackeys milling about outside my family circle of sexual repression? Oh, Trump, you have pointed out the villainy of Latinos disappearing all our gainful employee technologically outsourced and granted us the boon of that designated scapegoat, so I magnify your glorious moniker. Oh, Trump, you have eased the cockles of my anxious heart with your divine reassurance of the gospel alternatives of no polar meltdown, no species die-off, no toxic estuaries, no global heat-up. So should you not be my Fuhrer forever? Oh, glorious Trump, you have shown the mother love of, your, of our motherland, of this mother earth, her rightful place. You have enjoined me to snatch the moon of my improvident uselessness without a buyer leave, and I must worship you. So I shall boldly exercise my free speech to laud and praise your sanctimonious handle until my First Amendment rights go the way of privacy and intellectual property and the smog of your rhetoric chokes the breath of poetry out of my gasping robot throat. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Tell everybody. Jack Mellon. You never hurts. Okay. Give me E.K. Yeah. The last breath, Dave. We're talking about earlier. Homes under the dome. It's happening, Dave. Uh, Which is when? It's going to be Thursday, April nineteenth, and uh, that's coming up pretty soon. Next month. Yeah, it's the middle of the month this year, everybody. So. Don't don't wait till the end of the month to come to Poems Under the Dome. It's on the nineteenth this year. It's a Friday, right? It's and a Thursday. 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 Mm-hmm. And it's Thank no extra to be me. here. We had Angela L. A. Otto was here, and we could see mm-hmm. a whole side of Angela L. Otto. Talked about the poetry. She emerged suddenly. Suddenly, she changed her face. Her face glowed. Her smile was there. Turns out that she loves poetry. Turns out her father loved poetry. The mayor himself, Joey Oliotto. She's a good friend of the, of the Lawrenceville and Getty City Lights bookstore. But we found a side of Angela Oliotto that I hadn't thought about before. Is that right, Val? That's right, Dave. <laughs> yeah, we talked a lot about poetry. She's a she's a Franciscan scholar, and so she she's actually she wrote a book um, that's kind of loosely based on the the framework of of Dante's Inferno. Wow. You know the different layers of of hell, but actually the um, the different um, la- parts of a San Francisco politic government. Uh, I think it's I forget the name of the book, but anyhow, they they really connected though on the on the poetry aspect. So she got really excited when we told her about poems under the dome, and we invited her down. That's great. That's I love really it because we like to have poet laureates. We, I'm sure we'll have the poet laureates. I was talking yes. about who? Kim Shuck. Kim Shuck will be there. She will. And we've always like one or two. Uh, we have the youth, the kids. You'll be bringing them, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, we'll have some youth readers. Oh my goodness, why am I shouting? We're gonna have a whole a whole range of people from all over the place, all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. People come from around, and it's gonna be fun. And when I first had that vision, open mic, city hall, vision, the mother of all open mics, under the dome. I had that vision under the dome, city hall. 
I had, that was the third, and this is the thirteenth annual. I had no idea that it would be more. I had no idea what would come. I had this idea. I ran up and said, uh, "Aaron Peskin." I ran into his office. He was head of the board. So I have this idea, Aaron. It's called Poems Under the Dome. Mm. He said, "That's a good idea. Let's do it." And he helped open up the first one, I think. And since then, was it Peskin? Well, anyway, since then we've been doing it. It's now the what annual? It is the 13th oh, annual Poems mm. Under the Dome. Lucky 13. Lucky 13. It's going to be fun. I hope we can make it. Yeah. Anyway, so so good. Well, that's the, pro, the pro, prologue. Is pre, uh, the past is prologue. <laughs> and here we are. And you're here with a poem to read. I do have a e. poem K., to read. so good to see you. Nice to see you, Dave. How about a poem, Val? All right. Yeah. So uh, I, I got asked to do a baseball themed reading at the library recently also Kim Shuck asked me and uh, so I I ended up thinking a lot about baseball y'all you know it's like really one of yeah it's it's one of the ways we like measure ourselves as Americans right like it's the all-american sport like people really care about baseball and some really some really Interesting ways, yeah, kind of metaphorical ways. Yeah, and the boy, what are they called? The social ways. And I didn't right. end up writing. Boys of summer. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I didn't end up writing about any of that. I wrote about. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Why would you do that? Well, because here it is the Astrodome has its own weather. Wow. No one escapes Texas stereotypes. People always interrogate my lack of hick accent, backward politics, and family ranch, but they never ask me about baseball. It's not in the stereotypes DNA. The Astros are Houston's team. The cheap seats where dad liked to sit in the bleachers were way, way, way out in the depths of left field. And... In the gray layer of the Astrodome, where nobody liked to sit. Halfway up the orange rainbow, the eighth wonder still wears an internal jersey. Layer by layer, stadium seats monochromed to match the home team. Except the gray layer. Tickets were cheap or free for school groups, scouts, and such. Maybe because it's failure to orange dampened your feelings about whatever you were witnessing in the gray layer a grand slam home run earns some applause and it occurs to you that there won't be a line for the bathroom right now as the pigeons and the grackles swirl in the wispy clouds that always form before it rains inside well sweet that's a cool one. Because it rains inside the Astrodome. It's huge. It has its own weather. Oh, okay. So anyway, I'm going to be writing a poem a day for April. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody on April 19th for the National Poetry Month Open Mic Thursday. celebration inside City Hall. Yeah, it's a Thursday, it's a Thursday. from five thirty to eight. I stand corrected; it is a Thursday. And people can find more information about that on the website poemdome.net. P O 
P-O-E-M-D-O-M-E, poemdome.net. It is the 13th annual Poems Under the Dome. So you can come in and read a poem inside City Hall, throw your name in the big green hat, or check the website because there will be some open mics we'll be going to in advance to try to draw some names from our very rich and robust poetry communities and various open mics around the city. EK, good to see you. Glad you nice made it to, to the show you, today. We are moving right along. I see that the 16th Street Birds in a Wire are getting set up, so they'll be ready to play in about five minutes, right? And um, we also have, did you have a sonnet today? Why not? All right, you've got a sonnet, and then we've got, uh, well, this guy ready, yeah, he's going to, I know, we're doing a little writer's circle here. He can go first. He can go, let him go first. He don't want to follow me. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, welcome back to the show. All right. I always try to pick something that falls into the theme, loose as it is, of the day. And uh, since we have a future female True. mayor... The theme emerges. Probably so. This is for future, future female mayors everywhere. This is called Mount Muchmore. Hey, rich white guys. Are you feeling persecuted, beset, and not a little ashamed? I know, I know. What's a good guy plagued by the atrocities of his gender and color to do? You could give to charity, but charity is a band-aid on a decapitation. It's cosmetic. You could lobby for political reform or run for office. But by the time the system has changed from within, capitalism will have left this little space rock a lifeless wasteland. Or... Perhaps the power of the symbolic is nothing at which to be sniffed. Yes, all you guilt-ridden white devils with somebody's blood money, perhaps your pitiful lives can have some tiny scrap of redemption if you create a symbol for the betterment of humanity that resonates across the globe. Mount Rushmore? Rich white men who protected rich white male interests. It's time for some ill-gotten honky wealth to create... Mount Much More. Much More. And maybe Mount More Much More, too. That's too wordy. Uh, how about Mount Evermore? We'll start with Much More, a mountainside sculpture dedicated to women. It's a no-brainer. Women have been made invisible by history, their pain and suffering, their hopes and dreams for thousands of years, invisible. It is time for 50-foot women who are more than a pulchritudinous yeah. Hollywood prop. And then Mount Evermore, a mountain dedicated to diversity, a multicultural mesa of unity. This one might not work, though, if confined to historical figures. Putting a happy face on the interracial relations of the past, or even the present, strains credibility. So forget historical figures. The unity to which Evermore would aspire hasn't yet happened. Plus, glorifying individuals is a little patriarchal, no? So what then? Uh, a mountainside depicting a sexual threesome between a white woman, black man, and Asian man? Well, that would certainly get my tourist dollars, and I like what it says about the future of skin color, but still not quite right. Too contemporary. We need something that says the future starts here. I've got it. Children. A mountain collage of happy babies, one from every color of the human rainbow. So evermore, done. Evermore. Now, for much more. Eleanor Roosevelt and Abigail Adams were perhaps the most influential American women, but their fame stemmed mostly from their marriages. Susan B. Anthony became the face of feminism because she courted less controversy and employed more compromise than Elizabeth Cady Stanton, which was perhaps what the movement needed, but since she has a coin, 
I don't think she'd mind not having a mountain. Is there something a little obvious about some of my upcoming choices when candidates like Emma Goldman, Bella Absug, Nellie Bly, Margaret Sanger, and Mercy Otis Warren are available? Perhaps, but if the substance is there, embracing the powerful symbol is not pandering. And if you're talking about overcoming odds, how about Ernestine Rose, an immigrant Jewish atheist who became a leader in the abolitionist, feminist, and free-thinking movements? So much struggle, so much sacrifice, so far still to go, but here then, the faces of Mount Muchmore. Elizabeth Cady Stanton. The feminist movement in America, and by extension the world, owes more to this human than any other. She never compromised her beliefs or integrity, even when doing so would have given the movement more political clout. After her death, her own children whitewashed her writings so as not to offend religious fundamentalists. This mountain is for you, Elizabeth. Number two, Helen Keller. Helen Keller. As a child who broke out of the most restrictive prison imaginable, she is the perfect symbol for women's place in history. The first deaf-blind person to earn a BA. And what's often forgotten is that, as Dave said, she became one of the 20th century's leading humanitarians, campaigning for socialism, and co-founding the ACLU. Eugene Victor Debs. (laughs) Number three, Amelia Earhart. For stunning success in an endeavor marked males only, of such enormity that generations later she needs no introduction, and her inspirational beacon shows no sign of dimming. Number four, Harriet Tubman. Again, the enormity of her symbolic value makes her undeniable. A former slave who risked her life as a conductor on the Underground Railroad, guiding slaves to freedom. Number five. Gloria Steinem. Gloria Steinem on the, on the she would be the first to say that there are others more deserving, but there is no symbol more irresistible than the woman who woman haters most love to hate. She led the charge in feminism's second wave. Number six, Wilma Mankiller the first female principal chief of the Cherokee Nation. She oversaw a near tripling of tribal population. In a lifetime of service, she fostered tribally owned businesses and brought running water to those who had never had it before. She serves as a reminder of the inclusiveness, equality, and balance that were the hallmark of this continent before the European invasion imposed hierarchy, patriarchy, and excess. And finally, number seven, seven. Jeanette Rankin. Rankin. The first woman ever elected to Congress. She was instrumental in getting the 19th Amendment passed, and she voted no to both world wars, in thanks for which she was chased by a mob and lost her job both times. So there we go. Mount much more. Get the chisels. We've got a world to save. All right. That's a goddesses galore, sisters glorious. And Jeanette Rankin, of course, represented the state. In the state we just heard from Barry, he was right there in Missoula. Jeanette Rankin represented that part of Montana. Montana. So everything's connected, and the theme emerges. <laughs> Thank you for sharing some herstory here on the Common Thread Collective. That was a cool spot. I was going to say, hey, can I have a copy of that? And I realized we're recording this. You are listening to the Common Thread Collective, mutinyradio.fm, San Francisco's Mission District. And I see 
There's a couple, there's a few more folks who are going to perform. We've got uh, Bloodflower at the mic and Marco or something's happening out there. Bloodflower, tell me what's happening. What's happening out there? Wait, that, that mic, make sure that microphone is turned on, please. The yeah. yeah. Yeah, there you go. Groovy. Big, groovy. I met Greg Brady this week, by the groovy way. Groovy times. Like Barry Williams. I met groovy times. like Groovy Greg from the Brady Bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was so cool. All right. My muse, she's so down home. She's so down home. She shoots from the hip. My muse, she gently, slowly unties the knots from my tongue so that I may drink from her upturned palm. The sun refuses to bestow his warmth on me anymore. An unrepentant pagan in his darkened glen, nursing a thigh bone sore. A loveless skinwalker on an endless path. I did not give the dead permission to dance. My muse awakens me, yet we know I'm still asleep. I'm dreaming of a love three times as radiant as the one we stole from the lamp of a sleeping Lucifer. His blackened wings crippled with fatigue. Will he awaken in sorrow to discover that his orb of fire is no longer in his possession? Will he chuckle? Will he burst into sudden tears? Oh, such dreams of darkness! Oh, such dreams of light. Thank you. Thank you, Marco. Thank you, Common Thread. Thank you, Global Val. Diamond Dave Whitaker. Thank you, San Francisco. Thank you. Thank you, Leo. Always good to see you. Have fun, everybody. All right. Thank you, Bloodflower and Marco. Right? Right? This is what we're talking about. This is the common thread. We're so happy to have everybody come through to share what they what they do and what they be right here at Mutiny Radio. And it's, yeah, wow. I don't even know what's happening next, but I know that we have a few more minutes. We have about 10 more minutes of the show, give or take. Uh, so I see the 16th Street Birds in a Wire are getting themselves oh oh that's i heard that all right <laughs> i heard that mike that mike that amp that's that should i should make a sticker and be like mike that amp i wouldn't put it i wouldn't make it a tattoo but maybe a sign i should hold up a sign in here it says mike that amp <laughs> that'd be that'd be easy right I could be easy I'd make a sign very manageable some sort of poet and I don't have any signs I have some experience from protests yeah I'll make a sign for you nice Mike that amp yeah I can hear it though I can hear it this is 16th street birds on a wire right. 
Jazz and Jazz Fest is coming up in what is that? Yeah, bring me that. Bring me that flyer. All sorts of events going on. If you feel like dancing tonight, you should go out to the Milk Bar. Mayan Dynasty is going to be there. Tell me more about Mayan Dynasty. They're a local crew. Yeah. All right. What kind of music is that, Val? They they do like uh they're like they're like uh rock kind of Latin funk that reggae. Like a good time. Yeah, yeah. There's they're really good, and it's a big crew, and they usually play over at on Ocean Avenue every Friday. But I guess they they started to mix it up more, and now tonight they're at the Milk Bar. They've been there a few times. That's pretty cool. I've, I still have yet to go actually. Like go there when I keep announcing their shows, but they're really good. We'll make it. Yeah, the conga player was like. Shout out to a special pawn shop that's out there right now. Pawn shop down on 19th and Mission. These guys have been absolutely fucking phenomenal. Hooking us up with instruments. Um, they're out there for the people. You guys go in there. If you guys need something, anything, they'll hook you the fuck up. Uh, and we, our, all of our family and stuff, we're just going through a lot of stuff right now. We've got our whole band. Carrie's back here with us right now. Thank God. We've missed her. Hey. Uh, we've been just writing a lot of stuff. We've got Robert on drums today. We've got a, a fucking snare. And Hey everyone, this is Steven Santangelo from 16th Street Birds on a Wire and I'd like to thank the chef from uh, City Team and all the crew down there that works every Tuesday to Saturday even in the afternoons and they're busting their butts to make sure that we have the best experience that we could possibly have and I really love you all and wish you the best in your recovery and if you ever need anything just ask us because we're here to bring the heart back to the city and love everybody and not just one buddy, it's everybody. Alright, you know what I mean? All right, cool. Well, this is a little song we made up today. It's a little riff I made up yesterday and something we put together today when we first got our drum set, so I hope you guys like it. I can't wait for Carrie's hand to get out of a cast so we got our fucking rhythm back. But anyway, she's here. Oh, yeah, good deal.
16th Street, Birds on a Wire, Stephen, Darren, Robert, and Carrie. We love having you guys here down at Mutiny Radio. We're here at the corner of 21st in Florida. Everyone's welcome to join us on a Friday from 3 to 6. Um, well, about three five fifty um, to be to be more exact. Um, but thank you guys so much. We're spreading the love for you, and thanks for doing what you do. And I know we have Marco who's hanging out. I see. I can't see him. All I can see is his guitar that's like w- like rising up into the air as he gets up. He's going to close out our show today uh, with a song, and maybe we can even just jam a bit. But um, yeah, time for at least. One awesome song, I'm sure, coming from Marco. He's he showed up in town. He he uh, left uh, Arizona and drove to San Francisco, and here he is, and he's playing his music. Uh, now he's got some new folks he's playing with. Rose SF is their band. It's just Rose. It's just Rose, yeah. but yeah, but I think it's he's got an, an SF uh, faction. Yeah. yeah, Rose SF. Thank you for the clarification, Bloodflower. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I get by with a little help from my friends. After the show, I might get high with a little help from my friends. Oh, I got that all taken care of. <laughs> I, I owe you. There is no O. Oh yeah, Darren's over there on, on the on the really good. piano. Like also, um, there's a jazz fest happening on March 17th. It's an outdoor concert at the Seven Mile House in uh, Brisbane. That's 2800 Bayshore Boulevard. It is the uh, KCSM. There's going to be... Oh, no, it's not It's not KCSM. It's co-sponsored, but yeah, KCSM Radio 91.1 FM. Um, and the California Jazz Conservatory. That is formerly the Berkeley Jazz School in Berkeley which just opened a brand new wing downtown Berkeley and the Stanford Jazz Workshop and Gelb Music G-E-L-B but they're they're co-sponsoring it Um, it's 15 bucks at the door 7 Mile House first annual Jazz Fest outdoor concert food and spirits sounds fun yeah that's that's the 17th that's St. Patrick's Day Chased all the St. Patrick's Days out of my life. That's good. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's up, you guys? Yeah, hey, I'm hey. Marco. My band is Rose. I'm going to play uh, a song for you today. This song is called Head Full of Dope and a Desert Date. And I think upcoming gigs, just this Sunday, I'm going to be playing at Madrone's. But yeah, I look forward to playing this song with you. I have Leo playing the cowbell. We have um, 16th Street Birds on a Wire on the piano, and we have Desiree on the maracas. So we're going to make this as cohesive as we can.
tree when it was whispered to me all that I wish for will be Summer shades of red rock dye Pillars made from clay and light And a great big ship with sails of light And carried on from my eternal ride, oh yeah a hit for my mind I'm not satisfied I shouldn't waste my time Oh good Lord Lay me down I just don't have The fight in me Thank you guys and thank you for all the lovely accompaniment. Had that kind of like uh, noise rock feel. <laughs> it was really cool. It was really cool. Thanks, Marco. So when are you playing at the Madrone Lounge, you said? Uh, anytime between 
5 o'clock and 9 o'clock, depending on when I get there. Today? No, on Sunday. Oh, on Sunday. Okay. Oh, cool. Right on. Well, I, I'm sorry we don't have more time uh, to uh, have more jamming, but we got to clean up here and get ready for the Comedy Hope Happy Hour, which is starting at 6 o'clock, which is just a, a scant 10 minutes from now. So I want to thank every, 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 everybody for being part of the show today. It was a really special show. Thank you, Diamond Dave. Totally. Thank you. Thank you, Angela Alioto. Um, tune in to the, the podcast for Women's Magazine. Magazine today, March 9th, 2018, when I interviewed Angela Alioto. She's running for mayor for the third time. She's as San Franciscan as it gets, kind of. Um, really interesting uh, person, woman, uh, with a lot of landmark legislation to her credit. Anyhow, uh, we hope you join us. Um, our, our iTunes is now carrying a Common Thread Collective and Women's Magazine. It's slightly mislabeled under comedy right now, but it's still free if you go to iTunes. Um, so you can uh, sh tell your friends. I'll also post this on our Common Thread Collective Facebook page. Peace, y'all. Thanks for coming. And we love you. See you next week. Start the process now. Feel the wind. shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m.
Subliminal SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Run!